0: Hey, welcome to another segment of How to Write a Novel. This one is just recorded on my little cheap-ass phone, so it's going to sound a little worse, but it uh, seems like a good time to talk. Got some shit on my mind. Really, I guess, especially with this traveling I've been doing lately, this is a uh, more of a podcast just about the process of my life, I guess, <laughs> than it is about writing, but I think that's kind of appropriate anyway. Because, I mean, there's only so much to say about writing in a vacuum, you know? Like, I really do think it's, like, the process. If you can figure out a process that integrates with your life, that's the real trick. So, to talk about writing, you got to talk about your life, you know? It's like the two things go together. You can't strong arm it. Because, you know, one of the recurring themes of this podcast is all the years that I... Thought of myself as a writer and, uh, you know, pretended I was a writer. I mean, I was, I was writing, but I never finished anything, you know? Because I didn't have the process down, and uh, now I do more. Anyway, still in Tokyo, I'm in a park. I was all by myself, but a lady just walked in, and now I feel awkward, so maybe I'll wait till she leaves. Although it's not that weird that I'm talking into a phone, I guess. It's less weird than when I have my big uh, audio recorder. Talking into a phone is kind of inconspicuous. Basically, though, the uh, mechanisms of the world are grinding away and are pulling me back. Like, not immediately, but... uh, Man, I don't know. Where to even start? Well, Okay, so that last segment... I was talking about writing a chapter that I knew wasn't good. You know, but it's like, okay, it's alright, just keep... Move and just keep pushing forward. But even while I was saying that, I was kind of denying the process that I already know is how things work because my whole thing is to write consistently but slowly. And I'm going to talk some more about that, about why I go so slow. But one of the big benefits to going slow is times like this. Is times that things are kind of not working out right. That I feel something inside me that says, like, this isn't quite right. This is not quite the chapter it should be. Things are not quite moving the way they should be. This could definitely be better. And I think uh, this is where a lot of stories can go wrong if you write X number of words a day, if you write X number of hours a day, if you push, push, push yourself. Which, as I said last episode, I mean, if you're just trying to grind out romance books or something, like, hey, more power to you. You gotta do what you gotta do. But I don't want to do that. I uh, don't mind going slow, because I want to try to write the best book that I can. Like, I'm not gonna make myself insane about it, you know, so that I never finish but I do want to try to write the best thing that I can. I want to feel good about it to myself. I don't want to have any doubts within myself that I did the best I could do. And if it never goes anywhere and nobody likes it and never gets published, I think I'll be okay with that because I'll know I did the best I could. I'm not under any specific deadlines. I'm not under any particular financial pressure. I don't have any reason that I need to finish this book It's okay that it's taken me like it's going to be like a three-year process or something to write this book and I'm kind of layering it you know I'm writing more than one thing at once which I think will help offset in the long term. It'll help offset this slowness like it's going to take me a long time to finish this novel but at the same time I'll have another novel two-fifths done and another novel you know an eighth done you know like coming in behind I'll have other things that are making their way through the fucking factory that is my little brain so i was thinking specifically i did these podcasts when i was in toronto last where i remember i was on the secret beach i think is the episode or around there because it was this beach that i found near the water treatment plant in the beaches neighborhood of toronto and i was talking about how i got off track i was writing this chapter and And I was going really slow because I just knew something was wrong. I just knew I was not going down the right path, but I didn't fully realize that. It was just this inkling and I didn't quite know what the correct path was. But I didn't stop. For me, it's so important not to stop. Like I have to work a little bit every day or else I'll just give up on the project entirely. I've learned that about myself. I don't have an option. I have to work every day, non-negotiable. But it's okay if that amount that I work every day is a tiny little bit. And then when I'm having problems and when I'm confused about something, it becomes a teeny, teeny, tiny little bit. It becomes so little. So that's clearly what was happening in this case also. I knew this chapter, something was weird about it, it wasn't feeling quite right. But it's hard to just say that when I don't have a better answer, when I don't have another Path to go down. You know, it's that thing of being a writer, of just like, there is no obvious correct answer. You know, it's super abstract. It's weird abstract symbology that we've decided our letters that make words and those form into ideas that then you got to try to hope will make sense in somebody else's head. And What even is the point? You know, even that's abstract. It's it's about the most abstract thing you could ever fucking do. So, this notion of like this is the wrong way for the story to go. This is the right way for the story to go. You can't really qualify that in any way. It's just got to be for yourself. If you don't know for yourself, no one else can tell you. You know, and it's hard to even tell yourself. But in the back of my mind, I knew that's what was happening. I knew that was the thing. It's just I hadn't figured out what. To do yet. So I just kept slowly, slowly inching forward, inching forward, and I came up with a better thing. So let me just try to explain it. It's always a little weird to describe this book. Again, I think all these parts where I talk about the specifics of the novel will be a lot more useful after this novel is out. You know? If anything, maybe I should be doing this more often. So that if people listen to this podcast in the future, they can more directly relate it to the actual novel. I kind of don't describe the novel itself that often because it's so hard to describe. Like you know, I'm just telling you a little piece of it that probably doesn't make that much sense. But specifically, this chapter, I uh, I have my main character, who is my my stranded, orphaned rhino girl. She is the survivor of a big cataclysm on her planet she's one of the very few from her species that's still alive because her species famously did not leave their planet very often and their planet blew up so they're all gone she just happened to be not there at the time so she's stranded on this space station and that's the kind of the book in a nutshell is uh lost in translation or just you know being trapped in a mall or just like she's just stuck just stuck in this place she can't really leave But she has no reason to be there she doesn't fit in it's just malaise and weirdness so the station is run by this kind of it's like a semi-biological station and all the aliens who live there they can you know open doors and make things happen and manipulate the station and just live there you know and she can't she can't do any of that stuff But she's been there long enough that they decide to run her through the program. Like, well, let's see if you can learn to do this. Let's see if you can learn to interface with this station. And the way I think of it is like whistling because I cannot whistle. For the life of me, I can't whistle. I just gave up trying after a while. I just figured maybe someday I'd learn how to whistle, but I just, my mouth is not designed to be able to whistle. So I think of it like that. Like some people can get it, some people can't. But what if, like say to open a door or to turn on a stove, or to turn on a TV, to do anything in the world, what if you had to whistle? And what if you were like me and you just can't whistle? But there's no other option. The world runs on whistling, so if you can't whistle, there's nothing else you can do but just try to learn how to whistle every day. And that's what happens with this specific society, is like if you're one of the people that can't do it, and you got to spend your whole life just trying to learn how to whistle, and it might take a really long time, but you're going to figure out some kind of way to do it because you don't have any other option. You're shut out until you learn how to do this thing. But of course, it's not whistling. It's just abstract. You know, it's like, but it's like when people try to describe to me how to whistle. It's like, well, just move your, your tongue like this, move your mouth like this. And uh, like, well, it doesn't work. Like whatever you're telling me doesn't work. I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. So that's what happens to her with this station. They run her through the little program and it flares up and it seems like it's working and then it doesn't work. Later it's gonna flare back to life and that's gonna lead to the whole ending I described last episode where shit blows up and things get crazy. She's gonna get super control over this station eventually, but for now she has none. Like it flared up for a second, it went away, doesn't work, and she's trying to pretend she doesn't care. She's trying to pretend it doesn't matter. But she keeps trying when no one's around to like open a door, open a passageway, she's trying to like, she's almost embarrassed by herself that she is compulsively trying to make this thing happen, is trying to make this thing work, but she doesn't know how to do it, she's so abstract, she really doesn't know how to proceed any further, it just frustrates her like crazy, and she's ashamed that it doesn't work and embarrassed that she cares. So I have her, in this chapter, climb up the side of the, the space station. It's like a big dome, is the main central area. And she kind of, there's these like weird outcroppings on the walls. She just climbs up them sometimes as like exercise, just to get away from everybody. So she climbed way up the wall, almost to the top, where she knows there's like an access passageway that has, she's seen opened before. Just so no one can possibly see her So she's totally alone So she can just focus on trying to open this door With no one around and no one to get in her way Just try to open this door And it doesn't work and it doesn't work She doesn't know what to do And she's crazy frustrated So uh, there's these like overpass things Like pedestrian overpasses in this main area of the station just big arcs that people that the aliens who live there use to speedily traverse the station you know they go up the arch and down the other side and just just speed along and i was gonna have one of those be close enough beneath her and close enough that she could leap down onto it which is just a crazy thing to do because if she missed it's this huge fall and she might even die but just like just to do something, just to shake up her day because she's so frustrated and feels so trapped as she just jumps. And that was it, really. That was the chapter. All the aliens traveling on this this thing have to uh, screech out of the way. She's fucking up all the uh, the commuters. And one of the little flying there's these little flying taxi transports that fly around inside the station. So one of them comes by, picks her up, flies her down. That is kind of it. I didn't have any that was kind of it for the chapter. It's just a short little weird chapter. I obviously didn't really have it fully fleshed out. So that's what I was saying in the last segment, that it just feels wrong. It doesn't feel good. But then it like by going slow and taking my time, because again, like there's no way to I mean, I guess this thing I'm describing about learning how to whistle or how to open a door in an alien spaceship, really, that's the process of writing also. You can't force it. You can't find a way to just do it. It's all just, it's just, you just gotta wait till it connects. You just gotta hope that you figure out how to do it. And you can't force it. You can't push it. You can't go too fast. So with this chapter is similar, but I just shifted it around a little where I was like, I don't know if one of these pedestrian archways would actually go anywhere near the wall. Probably it wouldn't, you know, probably she wouldn't be able to leap down to one because why would it be so close to the wall? So instead I thought what if one of those transports was flying below her and her species is all about impulse, they're all about don't think just act. So she doesn't think, she just acts, she just leaps down onto the thing. She's like calculates in a split second Like she thinks better without thinking type of thing. Like if she thought about it of like, what's the trajectory of this thing? When do I leap? How do I leap to land on it? Either she would do it wrong or she just wouldn't do it. So she's been trained since she was a kid not to overthink things, she just does it. So she's feeling frustrated, she's feeling trapped, she sees the transport and she just jumps. She just jumps down, she's like, I'm gonna land on that fucking transport. And she thinks about it so little that on the way down, that's when the thought hits her that like, if that guy changes course, even a little, I'm going to miss him, and I might die, like, well, too late, here I am, I'm doing it now, because, you know, she's a rhino, like, it's not a subtle metaphor, this character, it's like, she's, she's got to juggernaut her way through stuff, when she feels bad, she does something crazy, that's just the only way to get herself right again, to level out her life, to feel in control, even if it puts her out of control, so it's a very similar concept except instead of jumping down onto the pedestrian walkway and then having a taxi pick her up, instead she jumps down, lands on the roof of the taxi, freaks that guy all out and she's just loving it. Like suddenly her day is good, suddenly she's happy, because she knows she scared the shit out of that guy and she's holding on to the top of this thing, flying along and like her boring ass life in this boring ass station is suddenly exciting and her heart's beating because she just did this crazy thing that really could have been bad And then maybe as far as i've gotten so far but maybe from there she'll leap from the taxi down to one of those uh walkways and then interfere with all the traffic fuck shit up the taxi will swing then the taxi will swing back by and open its door proper and be like hey come on in and nobody's gonna be mad at her because that's one of the things she finds infuriating about this place is they're so placid and they're so understanding you know like they would just take this as this is what her species does, they act out, and they're not wrong I guess, but like, she doesn't really get punished. They just uh, kind of accept that the price of having refugees from her species and her planet on this station is that they're gonna do this wacky shit and you just gotta put up with it. But what I thought of that I really like, what I feel like gives this chapter an actual purpose, and this, not just some shit that I, I don't know, I dreamed up while I was half asleep, is the taxi guy he's going to interpret what she did way different than she did. Like, she didn't think about it. She just knew her life was stale. Her life was stuck. She was frustrated. So she just jumped. She just did a crazy thing to get her adrenaline pumping, to do something crazy, to feel like she's alive, to, you know, feel like she's the master of her own, in control of her own life, even if it being in control means being out of control. and doing crazy shit that could really hurt her. Where he's going to ask, like, were you trying to kill yourself? Like, he's going to be, like, concerned. Like, you just jumped from the roof of the station. What if you had missed? What if you had not landed on my taxi? You might be dead right now. I mean, like, maybe you'd survive. <laughs> maybe, but you'd be real fucking hurt. Like, what is this... What are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need help? Like, you just tried to kill yourself. And that's gonna, you know, she's gonna be taken aback by that. Because just, you know, she's from a different culture. Her culture does crazy shit and defies death constantly. And kind of, that's how they, that's how they consider themselves worthwhile to be alive. Is they defy death. But, when you see it from someone else's perspective, yeah, she just almost killed herself for no reason. What the fuck is that? Like, you know, you could take that to be this person is losing it because they're trapped on this station and everyone they know is dead and they're suicidal now. Where she would never think of it that way. It would never cross her mind to think of it that way. But to see it from that other person's perspective will just be a weird moment of like, could that be be what just happened could that be what i'm doing without realizing that's what i'm doing am i what am i doing you know am i what if i died on this space station for no reason what the fuck was that you know like she's starting to maybe see outside of her her social conditioning a little bit because she hasn't been on her planet in some time and there's no going back and there's no people of her species you know feeding her cultural norms anymore did she just try to kill herself, you know? Like, so anyway, the, basically, long story short, a way cool chapter now. What was just a, a and I don't know why I'm writing this chapter, a seemingly pointless chapter. I really think that's going to be a nice moment. Like, that's going to be one of those pinpoint moments in the story. Because to me, like, I don't, I've never been into, like, action stories. I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is psychological happenings you know it's social situations and mental okayness or lack thereof and that's definitely like that's such a neat thing that had never crossed my mind like it's not in any of my notes or anything that because I still don't think of her as a suicidal character and I don't really think of her actions as suicidal even though she just did something dangerous But I think that's so neat that I'm kind of keying into these two cultures. Like, it really is a simple book in some ways. It's just two cultures. It's like if there was Star Trek, but it's only two cultures. It's not not eight of them, just two. And I'm starting to, like, really be able to see both sides. This culture thinks this interprets this behavior this way, and the other one interprets it so far the other way that it's, like, instead of interpreting it as a reinvigoration of life or a reassertion of like, I'm alive and I'm vital, they see it exactly the opposite way. You just tried to kill yourself. You're trying to kill yourself. What the fuck is wrong? Like, we know what's wrong, but I think it's really wrong. Things are going way more wrong than anybody really was giving the situation credit for. And I love that. I don't know where that could go, but I mean, I think it could definitely inform things. I just, it's turned out so much better. So once again, the beauty of slow, the beauty of slow and steady. Don't give up on a story, but don't go too fast. Just inch along, inch along. Let your brain unravel the situation. Let your brain figure things out. So that's the about writing itself part of the podcast. Now I want to talk a bit about, I was thinking about this, about because I'm so invested in this. I mean, it's been the story of this whole podcast is I think you should write every day and I think you should write slow. But I think I'm starting to realize way more where that comes from, you know? Like, specifically for me, just my, just how I am internally, how my internal, just the, the, the way that I'm comfortable, the way that my brain feels okay about life. Because like this whole traveling to Japan thing, everything fell to the wayside except writing because I've trained myself so much over the past two or three years to write every day and to only write a little bit each day. I held on to that. I kept doing that. Everything else fell apart. The documentary I'm working on, all the podcasts I'm editing, all these different things totally fell apart, totally fell to the wayside. And writing would have too back in the day. And it's neat to look at that and realize like, wow, that two or three weeks that I couldn't get my shit together at all because I'm in Japan and everything's crazy and I'm just overwhelmed. But I kept writing and I love that. That uh, really makes me feel good (laughs) that I didn't give up. But yeah, I'm really starting to realize that this slow and steady thing, which again, it was like the key that unlocked the door for me, that made the difference between amateur writer and pro writer in my own mind, you know, just like The writer who actually gets things done and the writer who didn't is not pushing myself too much, just expecting a little bit of myself every day, but at the same time, never missing a day. Making sure I catch that little drip every day, like a pot of coffee percolating, one little drip. Every day I get a little drip, so I can't miss the drip because I need those drips. They're very small, so every day I got to get the drip. But yeah i've been realizing that that idea of working a little bit every day really is just how i am because i cannot handle stress or i mean i can but i i definitely hate it i really hate it where there's obviously people that you know there are people who are i think i mean i can only assume from observing other people but but more comfortable when they have more work they like to have that certain amount of pressure it seems on them it's like it holds them upright it keeps them steady it keeps them uh, you know moving i mean i think my mom is like that she just has a way better work ethic than me she likes to work she likes to be busy she likes to have things to do but i'm not like that though is the point i was trying to make is that work ethic i do not have i can't i can't take it i never could ever since i was a kid school and then like boy scouts and school just got worse and worse from junior high to high school and like university there's just no way there's just no way i could handle that jobs the only job i stayed at a long time was working at a comic shop because it was very easy and it was fun being a film projectionist was medium stress but i liked it i would have stayed at that job but it stopped being a job But just, yeah, jobs. I can't stay at jobs. I can't take the pressure. I can't take it. I hate it. It makes me so miserable. If the pressure of life just kept pushing at me, if like to be part of society, to be part of the world, you just need to deal with this stress all the time. You just need to have these jobs and you need to have these bosses. You need to have these people making you feel like an asshole all the time pressuring you, stressing you, telling you what to do, I would just be homeless. I would just be homeless. I just would. I would not deal with it. I wouldn't do it. It's not okay. It's just my, the way my internals work, I just can't do it. I won't do it. (laughs) You know, I just won't. So I think it's not coincidence that that's how I approach writing also. I cannot write two thousand words three thousand words a day i cannot sit there for four hours a day i can't do it i won't do it (laughs) you know like it just makes me overburdened it short circuits the whole system it makes me give up it makes me stop and that's why it's been so valuable to realize that as long as i just work a little bit each day then i can make it then i can do it i was thinking the other day like it's like i'm an ant carrying a sunflower seed across a football field. I can only carry the one sunflower seed. I can't pick up a second one. I don't have the capacity. I can only carry the one and I got to carry it all the way across this football field. It's going to take forever, but I'll just carry the one little burden and I'll just keep marching and just keep marching and I'll make it. Whereas before I would always try to carry too many sunflower seeds or try to move too quickly, and I just fail. I just, in this situation, if I were an ant, I guess I would just die. I don't know. (laughs) I just can't do it. And what really brought this into sharp relief for me lately is because, I mean, the main pressure in my life was school. And once I got out of school and I never went to university, it's like, okay, that pressure's gone. And then jobs, terrible stress, horrible stress. You know, as soon as a job gets to be too much, I just quit. I'm like, I don't care what happens. I can't do this anymore. But I go these long stretches between jobs. And I don't hesitate to quit a job when it gets to be too much. Thank God I've got my mom who can just, you know, smooth out these times in my life. Because I would just be homeless. I just wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't, (laughs) you know. And then I guess, uh, I mean, relationships too, be they romantic or even just friendships, if it gets to be too much, if it's too much stress and too much pressure, it's like, I just, it's over, it's done. I don't know what to do anymore, you know? I just don't know what to do. And arguably, I guess, um, maybe I could get past these things, you know? Like, if I exposed myself to more pressures and more stresses, maybe I'd get better at it but I don't have to so I'm not <laughs> and maybe I wouldn't like I think this is this is just how I've been since I was a little kid I think the world moves too fast the world expects too much the world has too much pressure not the world but just society just to be a basic member of society is too much the 40-hour work week and the commutes and the sit still do this work do what we tell you it's too much and I it's too much and I, I just feel like the world is wrong not me which is a crazy thing to say but I can't help but feel that way right like that's just me that's how I am that's how I've always been when this world is pushing on me and making me crazy as a five-year-old kid I never thought it was me that was wrong it's like why is the world doing this why are people like this what the fuck is the matter with them and I think there's a certain argument to be made that it's because People are just... They're the workers, and uh, they... That's what they're meant to do. And I'm not. I mean, that slips into megalomaniacal territory of, like, oh, I'm not like everyone else, but... But I really think it's kind of true, and, like, that's a weird catch-22 of... You know, if you're the the worker drone and you're the the queen bee... (laughs) (laughs) Is that being... Being the person who's not the drone is not necessarily a position of strength. Because you cannot bear to be the drone. You can't do it. It's a huge weakness. I can't just fall into line. I can't just do what everybody does. I'll be homeless instead. Either I'm in some kind of position of some sort of authority or some kind of personal power which at this point I only have because I'm lucky enough to have a family that can support my crazy shit, or I'm homeless. You know, that's it. (laughs) I can't do the middle ground. I can't do the normal thing. So either it all works out and I become a person who manages to stay above the, the fucking the waves, or I sink right to the bottom. That's why I don't feel like it's like some megalomaniacal statement to say that I'm not just one of the the many or just one of the normal type people because it's not like I'm saying oh because I'm great, I'm so special. There's a million people like me but we are just the downside to being this different class of person is you have to be that. You can't not be it, (laughs) you know? The way that I fit into society, the particular kind of cog that I am, if I can't find a way to be that, I just sink right to the bottom. I'm just homeless McNothing guy. So it's, it's 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 not a position of power. It's not a great thing to not be just like everybody else. Anyway, I'm getting really off topic. Okay, well, because, yeah, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, I guess, for me to... Because I really can't stress enough that even though I feel like I'm the kind of person that's supposed to be calling the shots or I'm the kind of person who's supposed to be the general on the battlefield, but part of that is I can't stand to not be that. When I'm under the... the thumb of someone else when i'm under the pressure of society it's so intolerable it's so hard for me i hate it so much i'm super weak in that regard like super weak way weaker than the average person so how that really has come into the four lately is a. Uh, is that I lost my passport. No story, really. I just, I'm at this hostel. I didn't want to leave the passport in my book bag. I thought leaving it in a communal room, it just felt weird. So I'm like, well, I'll bundle it up. My passport, my birth certificate, my social insurance card, everything important. Bundle them up, put them in my jacket pocket. And then at some point I just realized like, those things aren't in my jacket pocket anymore. They probably just fell out, but I, I lost them. I lost the passport. And just that, just going to the passport office or the embassy, sorting out the paperwork to get a replacement passport i've got quite a bit of time left here in japan but it's just stressful i hated it so much i was just thinking about it like yesterday how much i hate it how stressful i find it like way too much way more than anyone should find this stressful it's just i can't i hate it i really hate it and then when it rains it fucking pours man holy fuck today I logged into my little online bank thing, and this is my own mistake. I didn't even think to look at my debit card before I left Canada. It expires this month, so they fucking sent me a message like, hey, we sent out your new card. It should be showing up soon. Make sure you activate it, because this old one's going to die. So suddenly, I'm in Japan. I've got this burner phone that I can't use for phone calls, so it's hard to like get in touch with a bank and they're telling me my card's about to expire. And then at the same time, this prepaid credit card that I use, because I'm such a fucking barnacle on the bottom of society that I can't get a real credit card. It's uh, supposed to be good till 2021, but they sent out a thing. They're like, "Nah, we're stopping that program. That thing's done. You can load it up until July and then you can use it till September, but then it's over. So you better uh, figure out something else. Come into the bank. We'll sort out something. So both my cards, because that's the card I use to buy flights and uh, book Airbnbs, I can't do it without that. Both my cards suddenly are not going to be there anymore. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? The stress just compounded sick fucking significantly. <laughs> but like I was saying, it's just like, it's just the mechanisms of society. It's nothing personal, I guess. It's just like, this is the life I've decided to live where I am barely a citizen I have no credit history. I don't have a proper credit card. I don't have a proper phone. I don't have a proper anything. I'm barely on the fucking grid. When the bank decides, like, nope, no more cards. Fuck you. There's very little I can do about it. (laughs) So, sudden panic. Like, I was thinking of going to South Korea after this with my friend Brad, going on a little visits. It's only a two-hour flight from here. But, I mean, between the passport and the bank card both bank cards it's like I gotta go home after this like everything is already paid for in Japan so I should be able to finish out my Japan trip but after this I gotta go home this is absurd so I really quickly booked a flight back I couldn't even afford a flight all the way back to the east coast of Canada so I just flew back to Vancouver because I like Vancouver and like it's a crazy long flight it's way too expensive but it's like I literally didn't have enough money to uh, get the flight all the way. And, uh, and you know, I gotta do this stuff while I can still access my online banking, cause like it could disappear at any time now, I don't know when. So I got that, I got an Airbnb set up in Vancouver, so I'm gonna be in Japan until July, and then in July till August be in Vancouver, and once I get back there I can sort out bank stuff sent a message to the bank like could you please not please not turn off my card please I'm in fucking Japan it's my bad I'm I, sorry I didn't look at the date but I kind of I'll be kind of fucked if I don't have that then it's like alright now I better just go to the ATM and get out as much money as I can for now which I can only take out like $200 in yen a day it's the most it'll let me take out so I guess I'll just take out $200 a day until until I at least have some money and I had to make sure I leave enough money in the bank to deal with all this visa shit because it's fucking passport shit, I mean, because it's really expensive too. And that's still stressing me out of like I don't have all the proper stuff and guarantors and whatever. I managed to get my mom notarized a copy of my birth certificate, so that's good. Printed it out at a Seven Eleven. That should help a little, but then uh, hopefully that'll all work out while I'm here. And I'm flying to Fukuoka in the middle of this Japan trip because it's like a 40 minute flight, tiny little flight, but I won't have a passport and I'm looking at the stuff online and I'm like, I think that'll be okay because it's just a domestic flight within Japan. I hope that'll be okay, but who the fuck knows? The lady at the embassy was like, I don't know, but I don't have, I mean, it's all pre-booked. I don't have any choice. I only, I have nowhere to stay if I don't go there. And uh, that stressed me out. Like, what if I have some problems at the airport? What the fuck? Like, at that point, if I still have some access to money, I guess I could buy a train ticket, which is crazy. It's like $300, maybe more, buying it last second. But I mean, I guess that's what I would have to do. But basically, though, since all the flights and the Airbnbs and stuff are all paid for already up to, to arriving in Canada, I should be okay. Very worst case scenario, if I can just make it to Fukuoka, I can borrow some money from Brad. But just like, what the fuck just happened, you know? Everything fell apart today, and I was so fucking stressed. It's just awful. It's just awful. It's like, holy shit. What the fuck is this? This stress, this, this, the bureaucracy of the world. I can't deal with it. I can't do it. It's crazy. I hate it. I hate it so fucking much. But it's all, I mean, now it's all, now Just it's really just the passport thing. I just hope that goes okay. There's so much shit with the passports. And it's like, dude, I'm me. Look, here's my face. Here's a picture of my old passport. I'm me. You know it's me. Just give me a fucking passport. But I got to get all the guarantors and... Where's all the places you lived in the last 5 years? What's all the jobs you had? I don't even know like I went and found like the T4 from my last job. It doesn't say my specific dates. I don't know. I don't know when I lived at these apartments. I don't know. Who the fuck knows these things? It makes me so mad. Ah. And then like the references, I got to get they got to call my friends to make sure I'm me. I'm fucking me. I'm me. I just got a passport. I lost it. I, here's my face. Here's my face. Look at the old passport and look at my face and give me a passport. I don't understand why it has to be so much horseshit. Ugh, I hate it. I have to be, you know, like, I have to, I can't, I can't be under the thumb of bureaucracy like this. I can't take it. I think of, like, Napoleon or something. I don't think he could take it either. I doubt he could. Like, if you're not meant to... I mean, there's no way to say it without sounding like a douchebag, I guess, but but a drone can't pretend to be something else, and a queen bee can't pretend to be something else. When the queen bee has to be a drone, it's fucking brutal. I can't do it. It's a a huge weakness of character that I have. But it's what I am. It's how I am. And I just... ugh. I got to get to a position in life where I have more efficacy than this. But I can't get there by going through the normal pattern, by going through the normal stages of life that a normal person goes through because i can't stand that i have to that's why all this bullshit about like i gotta write a great book i gotta do a great thing make a great documentary be a great something because that's the only way for me to get out of this fucking hole that i'm in it's just the way i am it's just the kind of fucking cog in the machine that i am i gotta find some way to not be just blown around in the wind like this, but my way out is to shoot for stardom <laughs> of some kind. It's not to go through normal paths because I can't stand it. It's all or nothing, man. It's like figure it all out or just be the biggest fucking loser possible. And there's just no middle ground. Anyway, I'm obviously very stressed out. <laughs> so editing this podcast will give me something to do maybe it'll get my mind off of this shit realistically i mean i got things sorted out if worse comes to the very worst with this passport they can expedite one like my last little bit when i go to fukuoka then back to tokyo if somehow things are wrong with this then I should be able to just throw money at them till they give me a quick passport. Because even to fly back to Canada, it turns out I need a passport. Like, at the airport, you need a passport. It's just like, fuck me. I thought I could at least go back to Canada without this bullshit. But then I'm about to be locked out of all my bank cards and just like, fuck, man. Ugh. Hate it. Hate it so much. Anyway, in the meantime, I guess I'll just keep plugging away at this fucking novel, right? (laughs) Nothing else I can do. (sighs) I don't know, man. I just, uh, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to end this, don't know nothing. I just, man, I really hate bureaucracy. It's fucking intolerable. It's so stressful to get all this stuff in the first place. Fucking get my health card renewed in canada and get my fucking passport originally i mean just dumb shit like i just remember i was turned away once because of my my photo i don't remember specifically what the problem was but i noticed on this photo i got this time i had to go find a photo place where you know nobody could speak english and i somehow figured out you know how to do it had like a thing to give them if here's please read this page in japanese of like what i need for my photo I notice my shoulders are crooked because I just... When I sit, my spine is like, you know, I've got like scoliosis or something. Because of course I do because I'm a writer fucking nerd idiot. My shoulders are unaligned and I'm just like... There's like a 50% chance that they're going to reject my photo because my shoulders aren't level. I just... I just know it. (laughs) You know? Maybe they won't, but I won't... I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I don't know. I just... I've always felt like the world is just not on my side. It's just like... These fucking drones, man. They just want to live in the drone fucking parameters and follow the little drone rules. And they don't like to not follow the drone rules. It's like I was talking about about Russia. I mean, obviously it's worse there than in North America... But it's bad everywhere. It's like, can't we just be human for a goddamn second? I'm fucked here. I'm in a bad situation. I'm stuck. My passport's gone. I'm stressed out. This is horrible. Help me out. But every fucking little thing has to just be a... flaming hoop to leap through. Ultimately though, I don't know, I mean, I guess just inadvertently I guess i have been getting some stresses in my life because like this still doesn't feel like when i went to amsterdam three years ago and that stress of being in a foreign environment is the whole was the whole impetus for this novel because it was so brutal that i just had to get out of there this stress is not like that this stress is weird it's like i feel it all along all around my body all in my extremities my fingers feel stressed my arms feel stressed my shoulders my legs but my my heart, my soul, or whatever, right in the center of my chest, doesn't feel it. Like it did when I was in Amsterdam three years ago. Like that was just deep, deep in my core stress. Where this stress is just unpleasant, you know? It's just like, I just, it's not intolerable, I just don't like it. <laughs> I just... Don't like it and there's so little I can do except just wait it out and hope everything works try to look at the upside you know I've got this kind mother who helps me in these situations against my unkind bank and my unkind consulate and all the uh, gigantic grinding mechanisms of society that do not give one fuck about me being stranded and with no money. <sighs> and I don't know this mythical authority over my own life. I mean, maybe it maybe it's never coming, you know? Maybe Kanye West loses his passport and he still has to go through a lot of shit. It's possible. I mean, I feel like money would uh, smooth a lot of gears, but I don't really think a lot of money is in my future. I don't know. I guess really, ultimately, just pay more attention to when your debit card is going to expire and don't lose your passport. I mean, it's basically all my fault. The prepaid credit card isn't. That's a pretty shit move that they just pulled that on me, but the other parts were all my fault. So uh, life lessons, you know, fuck it. (sighs) uh, Anyway, thanks for listening to this rambling. Sorry it's so shitty and down-downery. What can I play? What song of the day can I play? Let's not play a downer song, because fuck that. Let's play an upper song. Let's play All My Life by uh, Gigamesh. This song was on the soundtrack of uh, Saints Row 4, and it's such a good song. And uh, the music video on YouTube, somebody made a video for this song, all with footage from uh, Logan's Run, and it's really good. So All My Life by Gigamesh, uh, a very bouncy, fun tune. Because really, you know, even this, I'm complaining a lot, everything's stressful, this is a bad situation, it's all kind of fucked up. But at the end of the day, I'm still just sitting in a park right now, It's 99% likely that everything will work out fine. I couldn't go to South Korea. I just have to go back to Canada. But, again, not tomorrow. You know, I still got another month and a half in Japan, all paid for. Sit around, sit on park benches, try not to spend too much money. You know, I'll just eat onigiri, which is what I do anyway. Fucking write up my book. I mean, really, it's all going to plan. It's all going fine. It's just, you know, it's fine. It's really not that bad. Actually, yeah, one little, just to fucking end, just to try to, I'm trying to bring myself back down to Earth. I don't know, it's so weird. I don't, I, I don't know, I'm not a fan of when I get all crazy about like, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be the general. I'm supposed to be a queen bee. I'm supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be like normal people, like, I don't know. It almost certainly is just some kind of weird defense mechanism. Because I feel so fucking powerless and so at the bottom of things. It may be completely fucking just fabricated in my mind. It might not be true at all. I might just be one of the rest, one of the weak ones. Maybe just because I'm weak, I feel like I need to be strong. But I kind of think there's something there. I mean, I think that is what drives people to be to, to try to achieve, to try to have power, to try to have authority, it's because they feel weak. And uh, when Mike Tyson was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast most recently, and I mean, you know, Mike Tyson, the fucking, back in the 80s, you know, the, the toughest man in the world, the strongest man in the world, the craziest, ear-bitingest, rapingest, punchinest, nuttiest, wackiest fucking dude in the world. And he says when he thinks back to those times, he was terrified. Like, he would never go back to that. He would never want to go back to that. Like, just that life of public scrutiny and fighting and being famous for violence. Like, he just said he, he felt terrible. He felt scared all the time. And it's just great to hear somebody acknowledge that, you know? Because it's so obvious. It's so evident. It's so true. Like, power isn't power, you know? It's one of those catch-22s. Having power and having authority just means you have additional different kinds of burdens and, like, additional things you got to worry about. Additional, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking, I don't know, additional obligations? I can't think of the fucking word. And you probably only seek out these things because you have these parts of your personality and of yourself that feel very vulnerable and very weak so you want to make them more stable you want to shore them up anyway it's always tough to feel better about yourself just because you know things aren't going as bad as they are for someone else you know it's always a tough one it's a tough sell to my own self anyway but I was just thinking about this girl, Steffi Lee. I talked about her on one of the earlier episodes of this podcast, where she's this YouTuber who has trichotillomania, which is where you compulsively pull out your hair, which I also have. It's like some kind of OCD stressed thing. And she has cystic fibrosis, so she has like 50% lung capacity. And I just thought she was such an interesting case, because if you watch her YouTube videos, she's this really talented artist, this really beautiful girl. She's got cool tattoos and cool hair and everything seems so cool. Traveling the world. She had like a a scholarship for art school and uh, she manages to make money to travel because her, her art is amazing and just like it all seems like perfect. Like too perfect. <laughs> you know if you just looked at her Instagram you'd be like whoa. You know it seems on the surface like one of those lifestyle things of just like "Ah, oh, this person is just trying to show how awesome everything is. But if you watch her stuff it's not at all like that she's totally open about like that she has trichotillomania and that the cystic fibrosis is a huge one you know that like her life expectancy is not that long her voice is raspy she has to use this vaporizer every day really bad situation so she's just traveling the world and trying to enjoy things while she can because she's gonna die way before all of the rest of us And recently she was in, I think it was Thailand, but man, it was this terrifying story where, again, on the surface, awesome. She was traveling with some friends and she kind of was not feeling the vibe of that group so much, so she went off on her own and she got a, uh, you know, like a beachside little cabin and was just staying there and like idyllic, couldn't be more perfect. Had her own little hut on a beautiful beach, everything should be great. And she just got sick. And got more sick and got more sick and more sick and could barely fucking eat food and lost a bunch of weight and just couldn't get better and went to the doctors there and no one could figure out what was going on and eventually had to fly all the way back home to Boston while completely crazily sick, immediately go to the hospital and they still like nobody could figure out what was wrong. They just kept her in the hospital for ages until she finally recovered. And, I mean, that's so much worse than what's happening to me. Crazy worse. I got these transactional paperwork problems that are stressing me out. Potentially, they could lead to me being homeless (laughs) and with no money. But again, almost certainly not. Almost certainly not. Where poor Steffi Lee, who is in very bad health to begin with just caught something something happened to her that no one knows what that doesn't even seem to be related to her cystic fibrosis just she almost died she had to come home because she was gonna die and still no one knows why no one knows what happened that is crazy worse than what's happening to me that's about as bad as it can get that you just keep getting more and more sick until you have to fly home so you don't die (laughs) i mean short of actually dying i think that's about as bad as it can get so really man i don't know this really isn't so bad i just gotta stop fucking being such a little bitch just gotta stop complaining about everything i gotta stop expecting everything to be so easy but i am a little bitch it's very hard for me to do that (laughs)
1: It's always a wake-up call when I start coughing up blood (laughs) I feel like that's a weird way to start a video lately I've found myself concerned more with just like superficial things and things that ultimately don't really matter a few days ago I started coughing up blood which has happened to me before so it's not like the scariest thing in the world but it's still like kind of concerning and reminds me that my lungs could like collapse or fail at literally any moment. I think that experiences like that, like coughing up blood or any sort of experience that makes you realize how temporary this all is, can be really beneficial. It kind of makes you sit back and like reevaluate everything in your life. It makes you kind of question what you're doing with your life and if you're really living it in the best possible way and what the best possible way even is so many people are just concerned with all the wrong things i think and maybe they've just never had an experience where they came super close to death or they've never really i don't know they've never really thought about it think about how rare this is think about the fact that trillions of atoms came together somehow to form you Trillions of atoms had to come together in such an intricate way that it created you. It's an arrangement so particular and so concise that it, it has never happened before and it's never gonna happen again. And these tiny particles, these atoms, are working together for your whole life just to keep you alive so that you can experience this thing we call existence. But this is so temporary, like these atoms are just devoted for you for whatever the span of your life is. And after that, they're gonna disassemble and they're gonna go off to be something else. We exist on this earth because it contains all the necessary things for our survival. But like, do you realize how rare that is? Do you realize how rare it is for atoms to have come together to create us and to create this body and consciousness? And I don't know where it all comes from, but somehow it's happened and it's like a miracle that we're alive and we're existing on a planet like this. What I'm trying to say is this is so rare, the fact that we're alive and the fact that we're in these bodies and we have the ability to speak and see and do all the things that we're doing and look at what's around us. Like, what is all this? Why is this here? Why has everything aligned so perfectly that we can exist on a planet like this and that we're even existing at all. I don't know, feel your heartbeat, listen to your breathing. You're alive and you have so much opportunity. If you live in a first world country, you have even more opportunity than people in third world countries. You can pretty much do anything that you want with your life. We don't know what happens after we die, but we do know that we are existing right now and we're on this planet and we should be making the most of it. We've figured out so much stuff. We've figured out how to take nature and turn it into a fucking airplane, like that. We've figured out how to take nature and turn it into these clothes, into an iPhone, into a laptop, into cars. Like, that's that's a whole other video in itself, but it's pretty insane that we've discovered so much. It's crazy to be living in a time like this where we're discovering more and more every day. The purpose of me making this video what is that? I just wanted to remind anybody watching this how temporary this all is and how if you're not living in a way that really makes you and the people you love happy then what are you doing? I know people don't really like talking about death but it's real and it's gonna happen and imagine if tonight you just died in your sleep because it could happen it could happen any night and one night one day it's gonna happen so i feel like you should be prepared for it would you have lived a life that you're proud of have you done everything that you wanted to do if the answer is no then get to work i just really hope that none of you die after living a life that you didn't enjoy because it's such a wasted opportunity to spend your time on this earth complaining or hating things because holy shit, this is crazy that we're even alive. Like, look at everything around me. Look at everything around you. Do you know how insane this is? It's like mind blowing to even try to think about why we're here or how we got here. Nobody has all the answers. But, one thing that we do know is that our time here is temporary and we're only in these bodies for a limited time. All I'm trying to say is make the most of your life. Make the most of being a human. The fact that you're watching this, that you can understand what I'm saying, that you have a computer, that you're alive, is such a privilege. It's just kind of crazy that we're here and I just want people to appreciate it more because it's so fleeting and you could, you could be gone at any moment. Stop complaining because there's literally nothing to complain about. The fact that you're alive is an insane blessing. That's all I had to say. I hope you guys are all having a great day and if you're not, you better go do something about it. Be curious, be grateful, be loving, and enjoy it. Cause this is a weird, weird thing that we're all doing. If you haven't gone outside today, go outside because it's a really cool place out here.